Malakalikimaka, everybody. That's the island greeting we're sending to you. From our imaginary island. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here. We're at our final Christmas episode. Well, I guess we'll have one more mini episode that we have already recorded. Oh, spoiler alert. But it's coming out on Wednesday, the yes. Wednesday before Christmas. But this is the last big one. It is. And we saved the best for last, I feel. Absolutely. We've been waiting for this. I've been we excited. Have both movies from the 80s. Yep. We've got... National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And A Christmas Story. Oh, uh, the classic. The 24-hour Christmas story. <laughs> you can only watch it if you're binging it in 24-hour increments. That's the way you do it now. That's what it's become. <laughs> it's hardcore. <laughs> So the first one we're going to cover is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's the third installment in the National Lampoon Magazine's Vacation Film Series, which is written by John Hughes. As we all know, we've covered many John Hughes films already. We have. And many more to come, I'm sure. It's based on Christmas 59, which is his short story that was published in the National Lampoon. So I'm pretty sure if you're listening, you've already seen this movie. (laughs) So we all know. But it's a story about the Griswolds. Another story about the Griswolds with new children. (laughs) Always with new children. Always with rotating children. I love that they do that. Yeah. And it's as they enter the Christmas season doing all the things that families do at Christmas time, like picking out a Christmas tree, shopping for gifts, getting together with family, decorating the house. Only it's the Griswolds. So. The Griswold way. <laughs> you know, Clark is the head yes. of them. And as we all know from the previous films, nothing he plans ever seems to work out right. It never does. Poor Clark. So we could just basically follow them on the journey. And it's probably the funniest Christmas movie of all time. Absolutely. I'd, I'd agree with that. This is obviously my favorite Christmas movie. Right. As voted for before. Yes, if you listen to our previous after-school special episode. Yes. yes. So the cast, we have Chevy Chase. I always go back and forth with between saying Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase. So <laughs> Chevy. I apologize if I say it wrong. I know it's Chevy Chase. That's Clark W. Sparky Griswold Jr. Anytime I hear Sparky, mm-hmm. I think of Beverly D'Angelo pushing on his chin divot. His chin divot. Yes. (laughs) His cleft in his chin. You could call it that, I guess. I call it his chin divot. (laughs) I love it. So, yes, Beverly D'Angelo plays Ellen Griswold, Clark's wife. Yep. And she, those two are the only consistent ones in all the movies, right? Well, is Eddie in any of the other ones? No. He's not, I don't think, is he? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is he in the original? I can't remember. Didn't they go visit him? I feel like they did. I wonder. I think it was him. Yeah. I think it was Eddie. He, they visited them at their house. Yeah. Or their, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it was. No, I think they did have a house. Okay. I didn't know if it was a house or a trailer or what. Maybe we're imagining that. <laughs> another, I think it's real. Another false memory. Yeah. But I think we were supposed to know Cousin Eddie when he shows up. I think you're right. 
But now, and it's not been that long since we watched. Well, no, I guess we just watched European Vacation the other day. Yeah, there was no Eddie in European no. Vacation. So in this film, Juliette Lewis plays Audrey, mm-hmm. their daughter. She was previously portrayed by Dana Barron and Dana Hill in the last two films. Yeah. Johnny Galecki plays Russ, their son. He was previously portrayed by Anthony Michael Hall and Jason Lively. Whoa. What? Is Jason Lively related to anyone we know? He is. (laughs) We just discovered he's related to Robin Lively of Teen Witch fame and Blake Lively of Gossip Girl fame. Is he like a stepbrother? He's... Or a half. I looked half it brother. up. He's Robin's full brother, I believe, and Blake, they're both Blake's half okay. siblings. Yeah, pretty sure. Then you have Miriam Flynn as Catherine Johnson, Ellen's cousin. Then you have Randy Quaid, the infamous, infamous Randy Quaid, who is. I mean, I, I don't know what it is behind his current state, but he's got some grievances. I don't know what they are, but oh, yeah? he's gone. Uh, Mad? Maybe. I don't want to call him mad. I don't. He, maybe he's absolutely right. I just I just know he looks crazy. Oh, I haven't haven't seen anything about him. Yeah. Lately. Well, I was going to say the infamous Cousin Eddie. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous Cousin Eddie and the actor Randy Quaid. <laughs> and we can't forget Nicholas Guest and Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Todd and Margot. They're yuppie neighbors. I don't know, Margot. <laughs> what does she say? Okay, Todd. Okay, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are several more, you know, parents and cousins and all of that. I didn't list all of them, but Brian Doyle Murray as Frank Shirley, Clark's boss. Right. Who is also Bill Murray's. Bill Murray. Brother, right? Yep. And they look alike. You can they tell. do look alike. So as most things, I know it's hard to narrow down, but do you have three favorites that you can pinpoint. Yeah, absolutely. So I love the attic scene when Clark gets stranded up there. I can't remember what he's originally going up there for, but uh, one of the grandmothers feels a chill because he's gone up into the attic on Mm -hmm. one of those like uh, stairs that you drop down. Yeah. She shuts him up there. Yeah. Locks him up. They all leave. So he gets jammed up there, but then finds old real to real movies of Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So you see him reminiscing and, you know, getting all emotional about his old Christmas time. And there's a great song playing. I think I shazammed it. Now I can't remember what it is right now. Off the top of my I, head. Yeah. I can like hear it in my head, but yeah. I can't think of the song, but yeah, it's a really good song and a, a great, like touching moment in the movie. And then it gets funny because Ellen comes in and drops the the thing back down and he falls down and all that. So it was pretty funny. Doesn't he fall through the ceiling? He does. He's walking on the ceiling, which you never do. Like there's rafters there and then a normal ceiling that he's like walking on, like a drywall ceiling. Mm -hmm. And of course, he like falls through. Oh, but that's not how he gets down. He gets down because she pulls through. Yeah, when he falls through. sitting on top of the ladder. um, Yeah, Yeah, he ends up sitting on top of the ladder while he's playing the movies. Right, which seems like a dumb decision. It is a a little dumb, but you know. (laughs) It's Clark. It's National Lampoons, but it's Clark. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's my favorite scene. Uh, I also love when Clark is out shopping with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Like he he tells Eddie, hey, I'll I'll go ahead. I'll take you out and we'll buy gifts for your kids. 
because Eddie's like, oh, we rolled in on fumes and yada, yada, yada. They don't have any money. So right. Clark's going to get him some presents. I think the kids, like the little girl had said, said a few things about. Yeah, we didn't get squat. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole time he's just grabbing dog food, like bag after bag after bag of dog food. And he already had a list to give to him, too. He did. He pulls out the list. He's just like, oh, you didn't have to do that. And well, he, here's a list. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, and Clark, if there's enough left over at the end, I want to get you something real nice, (laughs) which is absolutely one of my favorite parts of the movie. All I hear is our friend Trevor. Real nice. (laughs) And then finally, spoiler alert, after Clark gets the house lit and they're all out there celebrating, Mm -hmm. he comes over to the father-in-law and the first thing he says is, Clark, the little lights are not twinkling. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know. Thank you. Never good enough. Never good enough. You're just like, oh, man, you worked so hard on it. And then what is what does he say? Uh, oh, the daughter says, oh, he worked real hard on it, grandma. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, some something else works hard, too. I, I can't remember what it is, but oh. they're just very condescending to poor Clark and all his hard work on his Christmas decorations. Yeah. If there's anybody out there that doesn't have someone in their life that will still will always point out yes. the one negative thing, then Your consider flaws. yourself very lucky. Right. You just want somebody there to build you up. Even listen, the dude worked really hard. That's 25,000 lights. That is a lot of lights. I get tired and I hang up a hundred. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I need to sit down for a little while. <laughs> this dude is working nonstop. And then it didn't work. He so finally gets it working. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- those are my top three. Well, my number one kind of goes perfectly with that because it's when the lights finally come on. After all that work, the wife figures it out. She does. But Clark thinks it's him. He's like, I know, it's perfect. He's slamming it together just as she flips the switch. Yeah. And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And listen, you are extremely handy. And especially when it comes to electronics and technology and things like that. But once in a blue moon, I'll come in and be like, but what about that? I'm like, oh, uh, well, that might be it. (laughs) I think the thing that I'm probably better at than you is looking for stuff. Oh, absolutely. I am the absolute worst looker of things or looker (laughs) for things ever. He always says I'm such a bad looker. (laughs) Admittedly, though, I cannot find anything. Right. And then I'll go like. It's look like for right like there. Two seconds and it's like, right there. Well, I mean, if you if you look there, I guess it's there. <laughs> like you literally open the drawer and it's like right there. I'm like, I looked there. <laughs> but you are fantastic at finding things. Thank you. But also, of course, in that moment when everybody comes out and then, well, is that the same moment when when the sewer explodes and the Santa? Wanna- I just <laughs> I just mix those two together. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie. But yeah, later on when the, the explosion happens and the plastic Santa and reindeer take off and then yeah. Aunt Bethany is, she just starts singing. Oh, does she do a Pledge of Allegiance? No, she that's during the prayer. Yeah, the prayer is when she starts that's the Pledge right. of Allegiance. This is where she starts singing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, because Santa's flying through the air. Uncle, what's his name? Lewis. Uncle Lewis has just blown up. The whole yeah. front yard. Santa's flying through the air. And then out she comes and she's like, 
And the rockets. Uh, it makes me think of just recently we lost my sweet, amazing Aunt Geneva. Yeah. And she was in a nursing home the last few years of her life and she had dementia. And But she was a wonderful piano player and singer. I talked about her previously on our Thanksgiving episode talking about how she was always playing the piano. Right. And, you know, she would continue to play and, and entertain everyone at the nursing home, but she would sing a certain song. And I feel like it was like Amazing Grace or something like that. And somehow it would turn into <laughs> your <laughs> grand old flag. <laughs> Which is I love that. It's I do too. so great. And everybody just went along with it. Right. And I love stories like that at funerals that you know you're so sad but like it just made everybody smile it does you know just that moment made me think of that yeah so number two (laughs) these are moments some of these moments are things that i didn't necessarily appreciate when i was a kid watching this movie Mm -hmm. but as an adult they just stand out to me more because i relate to them right so when they sit down for their big dinner Mm -hmm. everybody's worked so hard on and Clark goes to carve the turkey. Which looks amazing. It looks on the outside. Glorious. Yeah. Beautiful presentation. And then it looks like something from Alien <laughs> when he pokes it and it hisses. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and it opens and it's all dry. It reminds me of Gremlins. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine starts crying because I guess she's the one that did it. And I just I that's not happened to me. Knock on wood. Right. But I'm it's relatable. It's going like, to. You're, you're terrified of that. You're like, I just don't want this turkey to be dry. Now, it would be hard to make a turkey that dry, but you get where she's coming from. Absolutely. Like, you, you don't want to ruin. Well, you ruin the day. Exactly. The, meal, the, the thing that everybody's been waiting for. Exactly. There's so. so much pressure on that meal. Yeah. And then, of course, so many other things happen during that meal. But Snarf is running around, tearing stuff up. During Snarf's that the meal. dog, right? Snarf is the dog, yeah. All the actors said that dog, Snarf, in reality, was actually a really good dog. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I think you have to be to yeah, be like be a like set trained dog. to be able to, to yeah. do the, all the things that they want you to do. Right. And the other thing about this movie that it makes me like feel anxiety just thinking about it is having guests show up unexpectedly. Oh, yeah. I could see that you bringing know up I your am. anxiety level. Yeah. Like, I want to know who's coming, how many people I need to have a bed ready for, what all I need to plan food wise, like mm-hmm. who likes what, who's allergic to what, like I want to have meals planned. I want to, you know, I've become quite this, this little hostess. So I just, if something, I don't know that I'd be able to go with the flow so much. Like Ellen handled it all with grace. She did. <laughs> you need a plan. There's nothing wrong with needing a plan. You like a plan and you like to stick to the plan. Right. Surprises are lovely, but it's like when you're over at McNair's boat, somebody showing up unexpectedly is a nice surprise. Yeah, but that's different. But even if we were like having a party and somebody showed up that we didn't know, as long yeah. as, you know, as long as it wasn't somebody we didn't like, yeah. <laughs> you know, then the more the merrier. Like who? Who would who could show up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Joe. Joe. Just kidding. But Joe, you are welcome here. <laughs> we love Joe. <laughs> Joe's the best. Joe is the best. Uh, But you know what I mean. I do. If they were coming to stay at our home and like expect to be entertained for. If they need a bed. A long time. They need to be planned for. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would. I would never just sneak up on somebody and them not know that I was coming to stay with them. It's one thing to surprise someone to come into town, but then like you figure out other plans of who you're staying with. I would surprise someone with the need of a bed. Well, if it's just you. 
That's one thing. But if it's like somebody showing up with a whole family. The whole family could be difficult to accommodate. I can see that. It's not that I wouldn't be happy that they were here, but I would just be stressed out. And it's like, could we get you a room at this fantastic hotel? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, And especially around the holidays. Yeah. Stresses are just. They're higher. The levels are higher. Mm -hmm. You know, you got other things going on. All right. And then number three, that squirrel scene has always been hilarious. Right. But it became even more hilarious to me and my family because there was one year, 10 years ago, 2010, when (laughs) we were basically squirrel magnets. (laughs) (laughs) There was an afternoon in my apartment in Orlando, Florida, where I was doing laundry. And all of a sudden, I opened my laundry room doors. I think I had already been in there. I was going to like change it over to the dryer. Right. And a squirrel just hopped onto the washer. Right right in front of your face? In front of my face. Wow. It had come through a hole in the wall that had chewed through. And I had been hearing noises for a while, but it's like, you know, when you live in an apartment complex, you don't know know where it's coming from. Could be- Could be anything. A pet in someone else's apartment. I don't know. When I was there by myself- I, of course, screamed bloody murder. (laughs) He, like, looked at me terrified. (laughs) And I immediately ran for my bedroom door and closed my bedroom door. I think my roommate's bedroom door was already closed. And we just, like, stared at each other. And I was hoping that he was going to go back into the hole. But he ran straight towards me. He ran into the living room. I tried to just open the front door of the apartment so right. go Give out. Give him a way out. But of course, as I moved to like get to the door, he ran right back into the hole. Oh my goodness. Like hopped back up on the laundry. And then I was terrified. <laughs> and this was like three days before I was to fly home right. for Christmas. Okay. So of course we called the front office and they came and they had someone fill in the hole with this like foam foam stuff. stuff, Yeah. Foam fill. Yeah. And hoped that that would work. Mm, You know, a squirrel could chew right back through that. Well, we didn't know that at the time, but we just felt like, okay, because Sarah was going home for the holidays as well. So it was like, all right. Hopefully this is fixed and it'll be fine. And it was just a little (laughs) traumatic moment that I had to deal with. Right. So then I go home for Christmas and this is my dad was still around and healthy and everything. And Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) actually, this might have been the last Christmas before he got sick, I think. Mm. But all of a sudden I'm like in the kitchen at my mom and dad's house and you hear scratching. Yeah. (laughs) And to be fair, this this home is made of cedar. And this was before, like, my mom got the siding and stuff like that. Right. And it is, you know, my dad definitely had some battles with some squirrels and some (laughs) chipmunks, you know, over the years. Yeah. Definitely had one come through the shower, like, above the shower one time. One came through, like, a baby came through, like, in my sister's room one time. You know, all taken care of, but. (laughs) Still, you got compromised. Right. But it had been a, a long time. Because those others happened, like, when I was in high school or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, all of a sudden, I think that there was maybe, I mean, I should have asked my mom about this when I was talking to her earlier. But I think that there was maybe something against the wall that you couldn't see what was happening. You could hear it. But something was moved. And all of a sudden, there was a hole in the kitchen. And there was... This was was in the kitchen? Yes. It was in the wall between the kitchen and the dining room. It came through that inner wall? Yeah. Whoa. So, and then they were like up 
in the, I don't know, they were dropping. I think they were dropping down. It was a family. You had a family of squirrels in the a house? family of squirrels. This is like an, an interior wall to yes. describe this for everyone. Yeah. In like a section of the house that's super tall. So it's, it, your house is very compromised at that point from a squirrel standpoint. <laughs> from an integrity standpoint, you are compromised. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just remember like we had a tray, like a silver like serving tray over the hole. <laughs> and my mom would be like holding it and then my dad would look in there with his BB gun. BB gun. And like a flashlight to try to <laughs> it out. And I was so nervous. You know how nervous I am. Yeah. I was so nervous about a stupid BB gun that I was like running in the other room when he would do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. He eventually got everybody, I think. Wow. Sorry. Have you ever been shot with a BB gun? No. Oh, I have. Does it hurt? Yeah, it did hurt. It didn't, uh, I didn't get um, penetrated, I guess, for lack of a better term. It bounced off my jeans, but yeah, Pat Cammon shot me with a BB gun right in the butt. As I was sprinting. Yeah, thanks a lot, Pat. As I was sprinting away, it hurt a lot, but it's not as bad as you think. It stopped hurting. Felt like you kind of got spanked by a BB. Right. But I don't remember, like, how he got them out or anything because, you know, it would have started smelling. Yeah, we need to have a breakdown from your mom on how that ended up. I know. But it was just Good. hilarious because, like, that was one of my parents' favorite movies, too. And yeah. so when we watched it, <laughs> yeah, real we were life. just cracking up because yeah. we've had all these stories. And, of course, there was a lot of moments of, like, squealing and <laughs> screaming from, like, me, me and my mom and, you know, oh, my gosh. And... Was your sister there? No, she wasn't living there then. So that was when I would just, you know, stay with them. So they weren't at the house yet. They weren't at the house. No, this was like the in-between time, like before Christmas Eve. Okay, gotcha. But (laughs) then the squirrel thing continued because when I went back to Florida, I was bringing all my stuff in from the car and a little boy who lived above me saw me as he was going in and he was like, he looked at me and he's kind of laughing and he's like, there was a squirrel in your apartment. And I was like, what? <laughs> and you, I looked towards the, the door and you could see that the blinds were kind of messed up a little oh, bit. Oh, no. And he's like, yeah, I saw it in your window. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what? And so then I go in and it is a mess. I mean, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but there were like, you know, there were magazines and stuff that had been out. So their papers were all torn up sure. and everywhere. And because the they're probably trying, trying to nest or <laughs> yeah, trying to get out. I don't yeah. know. Maybe just freaking out. But then we couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So then I was just so nervous about it. And a few days later, came home from dinner or something, and there was a smell. A smell? A smell. Like what? Like a dead animal. Oh, no. Where was it? And so we were looking everywhere. It had chewed through the The foam. The foam. Yeah. So I think that that must have poisoned it. It probably did. And eventually we finally found it like behind the, like where the TV was. Oh, my gosh. And so we're like two girls that are just very squeamish when it comes to things like that. (laughs) And so we weren't that friendly with our neighbors like because people just weren't that talkative or whatever but we had spoken to our one of our neighbors you know and one of them was a guy and so we went and knocked on their door and we were like can you please please come help us because it was like a friday night we knew that like the maintenance guy was not going to come and we could not go to sleep with that awful smell in our apartment so he was our hero and came and got that thing out but it was just like, 
a month of squirrel craziness. That is wild. I, I've I did live in a cedar house. The one that mm-hmm. we came from before here was cedar. Mm-hmm. I never had anything actually compromise into the inside of that. You could house. hear them in the attic. You could hear them all the time. Like I always was on the lookout. I was convinced that a man lived in the attic. It sounded like there were it. big animals up there. Sometimes I think there was one point where I went and camped out in the woods and watched this one spot on the fireplace where I was pretty sure. They were coming in and out of, Mm -hmm. and I went and got a relatively powerful pellet rifle, which is like a more powerful BB gun. Mm -hmm. It's like pump action, and it was super powerful. And I had one shot because there was, I found one coming in and out of- A squirrel or something bigger? It was a squirrel. It was coming in and out of the the side of the chimney and eaten through and gotten into the inside of the chimney structure, Mm -hmm. but there's still like, uh, you know, a metal- tube that goes up that it had not compromised, but I took a shot. I missed him by two inches. He got so lucky. Took off, never came back again because that was like dusk. And then eventually I I covered in the hole. I figured out where their hole was and uh, at least closed off that part (laughs) from him. (laughs) Well, luckily, neither of us had the moments like Clark had. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. (laughs) It's so funny when he... (laughs) Turns around and it's on his back. Yeah, and everyone's like, Squirrel! <laughs> He'll start running. He runs upstairs and it's on his back. The dog's chasing him. <laughs> oh, it's good times. You know, I did. I watched this movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. Me and I think my friend Josh went and watched this in the theater. The only part we didn't talk about was when they get that pool, the pool scene. Yeah. It was uh, a favorite scene of mine in the theater. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I actually thought about listing it because not for that reason, but because I just like the fact that he's again, that made me think of my dad because he always had a dream of putting in a pool. Yeah. And so he was so happy when they got the house that they got right before I was born and then they were able to put in a pool a couple years later. Um, So it just made me think of that. Um, But he's looking out the window and envisioning first. It's just the whole family. Everybody's having such a good time. Melikaliki Maka song is playing. And then it's Eddie. Oh, yeah. It's Eddie with there. his, uh, like, he's got, like, a, bl- a blow-up, like, duck around him oh, yeah. with his terrible outfit. And <laughs> and then it's uh, Mary from then it's Mary the department store. From the department store. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's her face? The kid, the daughter, Eddie's daughter, comes yeah, in like and says, Santa like Claus? Like, and interrupts his daydream. Betty Sue or something like that. Yeah. Peggy like, Sue. Right before the, the, right. Sh- the, yes. the big moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. There were the other thing I was thinking about was sledding when oh my I was gosh, thinking about yes. this. Did you used to go sledding? We would sled all the time. Where was your hill that you would go? So the school I went to, the private school that I went to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was was built on a huge hill. Oh, okay. So Did you we walk would. To it? No, no, no. Oh. no. The, that's the one that was like 25 minutes away. Oh, okay. Where I'd have to take like two buses to get there. We so would, did you sled like during school? Yes. So oh, we would have fun. an annual snow day Aww. where we would watch the never ending story. We'd have a pizza party and we would go sledding. That sounds magical. It was magical because this hill, this hill was the perfect sledding hill. It was super long, relatively steep. And they would get a ton of snow at that time. Like you could guarantee that sometime during the year you would get two feet of snow. Mm -hmm. So you'd be coming out to fresh pow pow (laughs) flying down it on your inner tube. So the way to do it for people that are uninitiated, the best way to sled is to get a snow tube or an inner tube to go down first. You got to blaze a path with Mm -hmm. your snow tube, a big wide path that then you can 
follow them down with another inner tube on a hard packed surface and you will fly down the hill just like Christmas vacation. <laughs> Maybe not quite that fast. We did have the little circular sleds uh-huh. like Clark had. You did? We did, but they weren't, I don't know that I ever rode a metal one. We had little circular plastic ones. If we weren't sledding at school, there was a place just down the street near the falls that I've talked about previously. Yeah. Where you go dangerously sledding, or there's a place called Northampton Park where you could go sledding. So, I mean, there would be quite a few places you could go sledding. But we also had this, I guess it was called like a mono ski. So it's like a single ski. Okay. That had a handle on it that would attach at the front and was movable. And it was the hardest thing of all time to try. Did you stand up on it? Yeah, you'd stand up on it. So it it had like this metal mesh tread on it to try to keep a little bit of grip on there. And you'd you'd lift it up and it was kind of like a challenge to get down. That sounds like an accident waiting to happen. It was. I feel like I, I only ever got like two good runs out of it. And it always made me afraid of going to actually ski, which I actually became an okay skier. I'm not a great skier, but I became decent at skiing. But that thing almost, it set me off. I'm just like, well, I'm never going to be good at this. <laughs> it was the hardest thing to do. And then we, we had the classic, um, oh, what are those called? It's got like the two metal rails. It's like the classic sled. The wooden. That's what we had. Yeah. Which those, like well, those went north, nowhere. I think you guys call those toboggans. Yes, yeah, a toboggan. Yeah, I we, think so. For us, a toboggan is a hat, like a beanie. Yeah. We just call it a sled. They're the worst sleds. I, I hate them. That's all I've ever known. It's all I've ever been on. I wish that I had been on the inner tubes. Yeah, you think about it like the inner tube packs down and rides on top of the snow mm-hmm. where the toboggan digs into and goes down to the bottom. It's got like those metal rails on right, it. Right, so it stops. Itself. Yeah, so it's, it's not as efficient. The inner tubes are such the way to go. And then after you do the inner tube, you know, like the cheap, long plastic sleds. Have you ever seen those? It's just like they're a dime yeah, a dozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. After you pack it down with uh, inner tube, then you can ride down on one of those and you will fly. We need to get some of those just in case we have just a good snow so that we can do that. Like that and like an inner tube. Yes, absolutely. If we had both of those, we'd be set. I want to do that. We could go over in the park. I mean, it's not a big hill, but... It's at least something. But we, you know, like, as I've said in previous episodes, it didn't get a lot of snow. But when we did get big snows, it was so much fun because we had a giant hill at the end of the neighborhood. Right. And the entire neighborhood, all the kids, teenagers, young kids, we were all out there sledding all day long. Right. It was the best time. I remember even, like... During that blizzard that we had talked about, I think in 94, going out there with like my sister and her friends at nighttime. Oh, and that yes. was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was something I had never done before. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Good times. Yep. All right. Now we have a Christmas story. It's time for it. The creme de la creme. 1983, directed by Bob Clark. It's really a pretty simple story. It's just an older version of our character, our main character, Ralphie, reminiscing about one particular Christmas in his life when he was nine years old and all he wanted was a Red Ryder BB gun. It's basically just that story from the moment that he sees it in the window until he finally gets it on Christmas morning. It's true love when he sees it. So it's based on Gene Shepard's stories in his 1966 book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, with some snippets from his 1971 book, Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories and Other Disasters. 
which sounds amazing. It does. I feel like we need to read these books. I know. So things I didn't know. Gene Shepard actually is the narrator of the movie. Yeah, I didn't know that either. He also had a cameo in the film. Right. We learned he's there with his family in line for Santa at Higby's department store. And he's the one that tells Ralphie. Hey, kid, the line starts here. It ends back there. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, it winds through the whole department store and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Something that was we cool. learned. We just recently watched like this little mini documentary and then listened to the commentary of the movie, which was a lot of fun facts that we didn't know. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So there's a 2008 Blu-ray that we got for $8. Mm-hmm. And it has the commentary track and a small 20-minute documentary, like you said. So if you look for that one, it's got all the good stuff on it. It's pretty sweet. Don't expect the documentary to be well done like documentaries are done nowadays. It's from 2003. <laughs> right? So it, it <laughs> is from a different say, time. That should be enough. Yeah. It was good info, though. Yeah. So it stars Peter Billingsley as Ralphie Parker. You've got Ian Petrella as his brother, Randy, Melinda Dillon as Mrs. Parker, the mom, Darren McGavin as the dad or the old man, Yep. Uh, Scott Schwartz as Flick, R.D. Rob as Schwartz. Schwartz. <laughs> That's kind of funny. You think Schwartz would play Schwartz? Yep. Uh, Zach Ward as Scott Farkas, which is so funny because it's always, I mean, it is Scott Farkas, but I looked it up and it's Scott Scott Farkas. Wait, so what's his actual name? Scott. They, his but, real name is Scott, but they call him Scott. Yeah. I grew up with a Scott. It was my buddy. Oh, that's right. I've yeah. heard you talk about him. S-K-U-T-T, though. Oh. And then Teddy Moore as Miss Shields. The teacher? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Which Peter said that he and all the buddies like had a crush on her. Well, time. she's she's a babe. <laughs> so a little bit of it was filmed in Toronto, mm-hmm. but most of it was filmed in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. But the movie's actually meant to be set in Indiana, which I think is where... Gene Shepard? <laughs> yes. It's where Gene Shepard is from. His books are set in Indiana. Okay. And you can still go visit the house from the movie. Oh, you can? Yeah. My cousins went to go and they took pictures like with the leg lamp and oh, nice. take, like tour the house and they have, you know, memorabilia there and stuff. And that's in, in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. So if we drive home ever... Yes. Or when we drive back up to New York, we go through Cleveland or, you know, we pass by Cleveland. Yeah. Could have a a small detour and go check that out. Yeah, we need to do that Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love to touch the leg lamp if you can. (laughs) Are you going to run your hand up and be like, yeah, a statue. Statue. (laughs) I will do that very thing. (laughs) So I thought that a 24 hours of Christmas story was on my entire childhood like that. Yeah. But it didn't start until 1997. That so I was like sense. a junior in high school or senior in high school. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it, it, it took that long to take on, but I don't remember it until the early 2000s. So I missed it the first couple of years. And then I caught it in, you know, 2001, 2002. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this for 24 hours. Leave it on. I think because my parents played that movie on Christmas morning. That's why I just felt like it felt like it was already like it had already started because once that started, then we would still have it on Christmas morning. Was it on DVD or VHS? Oh, VHS. VHS. Okay. Yeah. That's a fun thought, though, to think like every time it stopped, they'd have to go rewind it and then hit play again. (laughs) Well, I don't know if we played it back to back. You played it on repeat. I just mean that it was on. It's a better thought. Okay. All right. So my favorite parts 
<laughs> swimming in the She's specific in ocean the specific over here. Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite parts. Number one, when they're looking at the window display. At Higby's. At the beginning at Higby's. At all the toys and the kids are just like noses pressed against the windows, you know, I don't know. They're so excited about what they see. It's like our version growing up of looking at our JCPenney's and Toys R Us catalogs or commercials. I would see it in the mall. Well, yeah, like I'm not saying that stores. we didn't have that, but I'm saying that I feel like that's all they had. Aside from like maybe some ads in the newspaper. Yeah. I don't feel like they had. They didn't have a JCPenney's catalog. Yeah, I think you're right. But I can definitely relate to how they felt because you'd like walk by. I don't remember what the toy stores were. I mean, yeah. I know that there's Toys R Us. I'm saying like in the mall, yeah, there, had, there was some the toy displays, stores. Like, wow, sure. look at that train. Or, yes. Oh, my gosh. Look at Robbie the Robot. You know, <laughs> like, oh, I want that so bad. Well, look at that just... pogo stick. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of driving around with my family. We would go to downtown Chattanooga and look at the Christmas window displays. Yeah. And also like drive around different neighborhoods and looking at the Christmas lights. I remember like silver bells playing on the radio. Yeah. You know, just having a good old time chit chatting and just a good family time before Christmas. Would any of the towns either that you lived in or that you drove through, would any of the towns decorate like the main thoroughfare, the town square or anything like that? Well, I didn't really have that. I mean, I assume like like Ringgold. I'm sure downtown they did, Ringgold. We didn't, we didn't go to that. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we went to downtown Chattanooga, where yes, they it did. was decorated, they decorated there. Yeah. Okay, because like even we my didn't little have that small town thing. Even my little small town would be decorated too. Right. We just didn't go over there really. I don't oh, okay. remember. We couldn't avoid it. Yeah. Well, like we didn't live like right in, smack in the middle of it. Okay. I bet yours is super cute though. It was very cute. <laughs> very cute. So cute. Number two, the Santa visit. Yes. Even though it made me feel super uncomfortable and scared. The characters walking around at the Christmas parade beforehand (laughs) and in the department store from Wizard of Oz, Mickey Mouse, all of that. Like those characters remind me of being in Times Square or on Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) And it just gives me the creeps. And it just, you know, as a kid, I was just like, this is not right. (laughs) Like it just felt. Everything felt off because then you have the elves that are mean, the Santa that's mean. Everybody's mean. Yeah. You know what's funny, though, is you you informed me of this, that the time frame this is set in is like 1939. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. I always thought Late it was in 30s, the 50s. Early 40s. Yeah, I always thought it was in the 50s. So I was like, why is the Wizard of Oz, why is the evil witch rolling around? Mm-hmm. And I think that came out in like 38 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it was so timely. It was timely. And they had said, the director was talking about that on the commentary. They yeah. knew they could use Wizard of Oz because they were also an MGM film. Yes. And also like when they send everybody down the slide. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird scene. Like all the kids are all screaming bloody murder. Yeah. It's just. Well, they're so excited to go up there. I right. think. I think they're excited to go up there. And you talk about stage fright once you're there. I don't remember that. I mean, I know you said that you never really went to go see Santa. I don't recall. You don't have any pictures of yourself with Santa. I don't recall going to see Santa like that. I have 
pictures with him almost every year of my childhood. Yeah. And I don't remember. I mean, I have the one photo. That's the one where you look like one of these I kids. I was terrified. But <laughs> yes. I was also like one year old. Like I just turned one, you know. <laughs> Later on, I'm happy as pie. But if right. you look at the Santa in my photo, he looks like he's saying, get her off my lap. Get her off my lap. She's what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what he looks like. So yeah. I don't blame little me for being freaked out. Right. But- I don't remember people screaming and stuff. Like, I know there are some kids that have fears of, like, characters. You know, like, they don't want to go to Disney and see, like, a big yeah. Goofy or Winnie the Pooh or, you know, something like that. It freaks them out. But, like, You'll I don't f- remember kids screaming bloody murder. Yeah, maybe not. But also, do you remember, like, Santa being on top of a mountain with a gigantic slide? True. It's very intimidating. That's probably scary. Yeah. And then you got these elves dragging you around and being like, get, get, go, go. Also, I have a really great video of Pete here doing the get going impersonation, and I'm going to post it. There's a lot of kids in line, so get going. (laughs) (laughs) But he's got the best little face. It's so great. But I also always felt like the stuff that they go into at the end of the slide. Yeah, catches them at the bottom of the slide, right? Yeah, like in my mind, I think as a child, I always thought that it was like cream. I thought it was water. (laughs) So yeah, I thought it was some kind of liquid. Cream or. I was like, why are they bouncing around? Yeah, but or it like was just flowing. like cotton. It, or was it? I mean, really. I think it looked like a waterbed or something that they were like landing into. I don't know what it was. I mean, the white stuff is fluffy. It is. But you see like the surface that they hit kind of like moves around. It might, it might be. It's got to be. Like it's a waterbed. <laughs> He's decided. <laughs> it's decided. But what we did learn was that on their breaks and stuff that the kids were going down that slide like crazy. Yeah, but like Randy yeah. was actually scared said of it. His tears were legit. Yes. Because he didn't practice going down. He didn't play. They saved it for the actual shot. And so he was truly freaked out. Out. Yeah, and like afterwards, when you see the mom comforting him, <laughs> yeah. um, he, he wasn't over it. Yeah, he's like, oh, he was shook at that yeah. point. So he's like, actually, or she's actually comforting him yeah. at that point, which is Aww. great. Poor little guy. <laughs> and then number three has to be the end of the movie. That final, or the, I guess those final two scenes where the mom turns out the lights and yeah. she and the dad are just... I think I've already talked about this in a previous episode, but they're just sitting there by the tree with the lights and looking out the window at the snow. And they just they're very subtly touching each other and rubbing each other's backs and shoulders and just being cute and intimate. And I think they said, you know, that's pretty much the only scene in the whole movie where there's not a kid in it. At least that's what Peter Billingsley said in the documentary. But I haven't fact checked that. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just so magical. And I think that. I can't remember what song is playing then. But you know, like they show the outside shot of the house too. And then it goes up to the bedroom. You can see out the window. You can see out the window. The boys are, you know, Randy's asleep and Ralphie is just sitting there snuggling his Red Rider BB gun. And then it's playing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Like your Christmas was an absolute utter success. Yeah. You got what it was that you wanted. And that was the whole point of the movie was him getting that gun for Christmas. And that's what it ends on. And it's funny, like uh, Peter Billingsley brings up the point that the only person he didn't ask 
for that present is yeah. the one who got him that present. Yeah. His dad. He yeah. never asked his dad for he it. Yes, his mom. His he talked about it in class with his teacher. He yeah. asked Santa. Yep. The but real his dad hero was paying attention. Was his dad? Yep. Mm-hmm. His dad knew. And I love it because the mom like gives him a look, and he's like, "I had one when I was a kid. It's fine. <laughs> Give him that RC car. I love that too. When you see the rough exterior of the dad character, you see the soft side. Yeah. He just yeah. loves his kids. Yeah. But that's just all so... It's just wrapped up in a nice little cozy, warm, magical Christmas bow. It feels like Christmas to me. Or honestly, it feels like Christmas Eve to me. Yeah. A lot of times like that. That's what like Christmas Eve would look mm-hmm. like without the celebratory gift yeah. sitting in my arm or arms. But yeah, it's a magical feeling when they're sitting there or when they're laying there at the end. I just think you can't watch that without feeling like like there's just yeah. this feeling bubbling in your chest. Like, of I just, just like, love oh, Christmas right now. So great. <laughs> now, for me, my favorite parts outside of the ones that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I love the tongue stuck to the pole part. Stuck? Duck? <laughs> Duck! I think we quote that, like... <laughs> Anytime least, we say the word stuck... We say... Duck? <laughs> Duck! At least once a week, probably. <laughs> now, I've actually put that to the test. Even though what you saw on screen, we found out today... Yeah. ...was they cut a hole in the pipe, and they had a uh, air compressor sucking air in, so it was just a, like a vacuum cleaner... Pulling air in, and that's how his his tongue would stick to it. So it wasn't actually stuck. It, it was just it was like suctioning his yes. tongue to the hole, and they had it in the shot just right at so the right that angle. You couldn't see yep. the hole. What I loved was how Peter Billingsley said that they all tried they it left. out. Yeah, they did. They all tried it out, <laughs> and one time they even left the kid. Oh yeah, they were going on their lunch break, <laughs> and so him. he was just like, "Wait, go leave, go leave," just like you see in the movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I I tried that out in a freezer once. Oh, my gosh. And luckily, I was near some not frozen liquid because my tongue, if you think of like not our freezer, but like an old school freezer had like those metal uh, things on the door that would keep, you know, it was the shelf guards, right? I stuck my tongue to one of them once (laughs) just to be like, huh, I saw this in Christmas story. Let me give it a shot. It stuck to it. I wonder how many people in the world have done that because they saw it in a Christmas yeah, story. I, I started freaking out. My tongue was absolutely, utterly glued <laughs> to this thing where I was just like, I'm going to be like Flick. I, I don't know how I'm going to get my tongue off here. <laughs> Luckily, there was some other liquid around that I started pouring on my tongue as I pulled it away. Ugh. I improvised, which I'm good at, but uh, <laughs> I improvised myself <laughs> out of that Stuck tongue freezer, but it duck for sure. (laughs) But I I love that scene. It always cracks me up. It's my favorite for sure. I think I've only experienced my tongue getting stuck to an ice cube, but I've never like purposefully done that. It's the same thing. It hurt. Right. I also love that feel of the elementary classroom. The what? Uh, Wait, how do you say it? I say elementary. Yeah, that's wrong. Say it my way. Elementary. Elementary. (laughs) Elementary classroom. Uh Just how it all feels with the kids there in their their rows and their desks, the teacher doing her thing. All of that really brings back the feeling of the last time I was in public school in in that grade level. Mm -hmm. Uh, My my public school felt a lot like that. So that that brings up a lot of feels for me. And I, I really like it. Lastly, the, the the kid in line with Ralphie in the mall, and he's like, I like Santa. <laughs> with his goggles. With his goggles. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, I like the Tin Man. <laughs> I love that kid. And it's like, I'm like, wow, this kid's like a really good actor. I know. We find out today 
They just find this kid randomly and stick him in line because. Well, the director no said sh- he saw him doing that. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, this will Get be that perfect. Kid. And Peter Billingsley is like, yeah, that kid really creeped me out. He's like, yeah, I know he did. Or the director's like, yeah, I know he did. That's why we put him there. And we're just like, yeah, just uh, just go with it. Just like, it wasn't him, even just get him to get him to leave you alone. Get him to like, leave you alone. He's like, a- I'm I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I love that kid. I like Santa. I loved it because yeah, like, and you could tell Peter was trying to be nice, but he was he was like, yeah, he was interesting. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> this dude could be watching this right now, thinking, oh, there's my best friend Peter Billingsley <laughs> from when we shot a Christmas Story. <laughs> oh, God. But I loved knowing that it was improvised, which yeah. we found out that a lot of the stuff that the kids did was improvised. Yeah. When they're like walking outside, like messing mm-hmm. around with each other yeah. and um, Randy is chasing them, mm-hmm. like, but they're they're talking. A lot of that stuff was just improvised, yeah. which is great. Peter Billingsley was saying like when he gets hit in the face with that snowball. Those tears are real. Those tears, like he was really upset. I guarantee you it's just like, okay, let's do it again, Peter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like take number eight <laughs> and he's just getting pummeled in the face (laughs) with snowballs, which is not a good time. No. And the other thing that they said that was definitely not acting was his reaction to having to put on the bunny suit in front of the whole casting crew and everything. He He just felt really uncomfortable. For a 13-year-old kid, he's like, I just felt really just, it was awful. I just wanted to take it off. And he still has it, he said. That's right. He's got that bunny suit. Yeah. Well, this was 2003. Yeah. Who knows? But he better still have it. Oh, there's no way they if they got rid of it, it had to have been like for charity or something. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he would have gotten rid of it. Just a few other fun facts. All the snow when they were filming in Cleveland was fake. Yeah. Because there was no snow and they were using detergent. Detergent flakes. So they were saying when you were like running through, you know, it looked real on film, but they could see like bubbles and stuff. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yep. And then with the leg lamp, the kids hadn't seen it until they were rolling on it. Yeah. And so that initial reaction where Ralphie is running his hand at the leg yep. was legit. Like he was like, whoa, like, <laughs> this is sexy. <laughs> so the director, Bob Clark, actually has a cameo as well. So when, they, when the dad goes outside and he's like, oh, you should look at it from out what here. What is it? It's a major war. <laughs> and the neighbor comes up and they're talking. That neighbor whose character's name is Swede. Swede with a southern accent. With a southern accent <laughs> is Bob Clark, the director. Yeah. I did find out that the bar of soap that the mom puts in Ralphie's mouth is just a bar of wax. <laughs> so I wonder if it still have, tastes bad, though. He didn't have real. No, he said it was fine and it was fun to chew on, he oh, said. Okay. okay. <laughs> or nice to chew on. The other thing that I just thought was funny was listening to all of the kids, which, I mean, in this, they were, you know, in their 20s or 30s, talk about how they were all staying in a hotel, in yeah. the same hotel, and just all the pranks that they were playing on everybody. They were doing the throwing water balloons. They're throwing water balloons off the 14th floor of a hotel. And the guy who played Scott Farkas, who was older than them, I guess thought they were just being dumb or whatever and like hit Peter in the back of the head at one point and knocked his forehead into the glass window. (laughs) But I guess he also got them into a lot of trouble. He's the older 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 bad kid. Yeah. 
Look at him. But they were doing the, you know, calling room service to different directors and producers' rooms and getting like early wake up calls to people. Yeah, then they'd, the they'd go knock the on the door do. and be like, housekeeping. Oh, yeah, they did the housekeeping and <laughs> yeah. ran away. Yeah. Those were all just funny little tidbits. So thinking about just special Christmas memories that you have, what sticks out Christmas wise to you? I've been thinking about this over the past couple of weeks because we've been talking about Christmas so much, but. I love this memory that I have of the year that my dad and two of my uncles all got remote control boats. Yeah. And it was for because we all had places at the lake. You know, Richie McRitchington's <laughs> just kidding. Weasley. <laughs> um, and so I think that's where they the intent was to do it there, which is why they asked for them or why their wives got it for them. Right. But they were so excited about these things that they all came over to my parents' house, which never happened on Christmas night. And they were out on the cover of my parents' swimming pool because there was like a decent amount of water on top of the cover. Right. And they were playing with the boats. On the cover of the pool? On top of the cover. <laughs> they just couldn't wait. I love that memory. That's I know awesome. there's a picture of that somewhere, but I think it's at my mom's house. But I just love that. They were all such good friends. That is amazing. And then, of course, I think I talked before about how right. my dad would read the Christmas story from the Bible. That was kind of later on in life. Right. But when I was a kid, my sister and I always slept together in my sister's bed on Christmas Eve. Oh, that is sweet. And my dad would come in as we were like tucked in our beds and he would read Twas the Night Before Christmas to us. Oh. I loved that. Was it out of like a big book? Like I'm picturing like this big, like magical book. No, it was just like one of those little, I feel like, you know, those golden books that have ah, a yeah. thing on the binder. Yep. I feel like it was one of those. And okay. Just like a beat up book. Still is magical. It was magical. Yeah. For me, it's more so like just the carnage of <laughs> carnage. All, all of my family opening their gifts. Like it was so amazing as you're tearing through your pile of gifts uh-huh. uh, and everybody you're like checking out like oh what's mandy getting what's tori uh, getting see, we all did it we just did it <clears> one <throat> at a time like each gift everybody would take turns and we would watch yeah. everybody open one gift but we didn't have as big of a family right like yeah if you waited on ours mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be waiting for a while yeah. but to see what everybody else was getting was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and of course to get your own thing mm-hmm. but there was just so much going on all at once it was it was a lot of fun and then just like the the aftermath of it where it was like a literal sea of wrapping paper. Yeah. Because it's all expanded at that point. It's right. just like it's three feet tall <laughs> across, you know, two rooms. Yeah. It was so amazing. So, I mean, that that's like a fun memory thinking back to all that. And then I would just be so excited to get my toys and to go upstairs and to play with them all for the first time. Yeah, I, that was I, so fun. I just remember that thought, you know, specifically like I got the B-Wing uh, in Star Wars and mm-hmm. I, I got a bunch of figures and stuff like that and I can still remember like that Christmas in particular. I went up there, I opened them all, I was putting the B-Wing together, I'm putting the stickers on it, I'm opening up all the figurines and stuff and getting their weapons in their hands, like all that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, special memories like that of this like five to six year period where those types of gifts really were monumental. You know, they meant so much at that time. It was really good. Right. I was trying to think earlier about specific gifts that I remember getting. I just remember like the big ones, you know, getting my first television, getting um, like a boom box. Yeah. And then I, and then later on, like a whole like stereo system, getting a bicycle. There were certain like dolls and stuff that I wanted that I was really excited to get. 
And I'm trying to think, too, because we talked about this in a Christmas story. Ralphie thinks that he's opened all of his gifts. And right. his dad is Did like... Did you have any Christmas story gifts like that? Right. Where his dad is like, did you get everything you want? And he's yeah. like, yeah, almost. Almost. And then his dad's like, oh, why don't you, what's that over there? You know, and you well, get that gift that you didn't know you didn't think you were getting because you thought you were yeah. done yeah i did get a few of those and right now i can't remember which ones those specifically were I'll give my it mom to my loved parents. doing that well i'll give it to my parents i only have one that i can really remember like that uh-huh. but it was in like 1985 uh-huh. so yeah, i don't think they would have seen this movie by then because mm-hmm. they pulled the straight okie doke on me <laughs> where i got a lot of stuff for that you know that christmas but a lot of little stuff Or I I was actually a little disappointed at that age, you know, that maybe I'm a little spoiled brat. I don't know. But just like, ah, because I really wanted the Sega Master System. Oh, I was a bit different at that point. Everybody else was getting the Nintendo. Yeah. When the Nintendo first came out. Uh-huh. But I had to that be different. That was Christmas gift I was excited about. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I had to be different for some reason. I should have just gotten the Nintendo because then I could have traded and borrowed games with all of my friends. Right. Instead, I was different. I wanted the Sega Master System because according to the magazines that I read, which I think were from Sega, it had the better graphics (laughs) at the time. (laughs) That is so you. (laughs) It is so me. So I really wanted that Sega Master System. (laughs) I love that. So we go through... All of Christmas, I get a lot of small gifts, probably some socks and some underwear, some figurines, not a lot of stuff. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, it was a good Christmas. And they actually waited a good little bit afterwards. And then they had me go upstairs. I can't remember the exact reason. My sister will have to tell me how. But somehow they got me to go up into their bedroom, which is on the third story of Uh the house. Yeah. They get me to go up there. And then it's like the magic music is playing. (laughs) And there is my Sega Master System. System, with its light gun, with its controllers, uh, with its hang on and its safari, I think. Did they follow safari you hunt. up there? I'm surprised they wouldn't have wanted to see your reaction. Oh, yes. They absolutely followed me okay. up there. But I go up there and it, it became instantaneously the best Christmas <laughs> ever. Aww. I played the crap out of that thing and I had so much fun. It was absolutely worth the decision. It's better than the Nintendo still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never played the Sega. But yeah, those were always the best. I remember like I don't remember what they were but I remember one time something was behind the couch another Ooh. time something was in the basement oh wow like our playroom yeah. that I had to go get and those were always it was just that moment when you were like oh <gasps> whoa else. Yep. so exciting okay so toys this week or yeah. nostalgic items that we have procured <laughs> <laughs> for me it's the holiday huggable Muppet Babies from McDonald's it's Kermit, Piggy, and Fozzie. They're wearing cute holiday outfits. They're adorable. It's listed as 87, but also 88. So I'm not sure when they actually came out, but I guess you just had to pay like a little bit extra. It didn't come like in a happy meal. Okay. You had to pay a little extra with your meal. And they said it would go to the Ronald McDonald's children's charities or the Ronald McDonald house. I just knew I had them because I loved the Muppet Babies and I was so excited uh, when I found them on well, eBay. They're very cute. <laughs> they're super cute. <laughs> For me, this was a recent birthday gift. That's right. From my one and only love. 
<laughs> it is the Empire Strikes Back glasses. And not glasses like you put on your face. <laughs> Cups, but made out of glass. The drinking glasses. Drinking glasses. It's Empire Strikes Back set from Burger King. Yeah. Well, nearly the set. It's I know. I only got three. I know there are more, but... These were in great condition. She went for the quality, which I, I appreciate. Did. These look like you just rolled up into Burger King mm-hmm. and they handed you these out the window. Like they and are straight perfect. out of 1980. Straight out of 1980. There's the Darth Vader glass, which also has, funnily enough, Bubba Fett <laughs> on there as well. So it's like the bad guy glass, which is my favorite, of course. You also have the Lando Calrissian glass, which has Leia and Han on it. And then there's uh, the 3PO and R2-D2 glass, which is super awesome as well. But they are in fantastic condition, and I can't wait to drink some chocolate milk out of them, because <laughs> I will. I was very excited to give those to you. I've had them for quite a while. I was super excited to open them. They were amazing. (laughs) I didn't know what they were. I was like, I feel like these are glasses, but I don't know what these are going to be. And I was pleasantly surprised that they were some sweet Your face looked like you were genuinely excited. That was a real face. (laughs) So before we wrap this up, I just wanted to announce a collaboration that we have with our friend Jamie. She's at Happily Ever Jackson Co. on Instagram and YouTube. We met through her kids. I taught her son when I lived in Orlando. She's still in Orlando. She's always in the theme parks and she has amazing content on her Instagram. Yeah, it is great content. Yeah. She's hilarious. She's talented. She has an Etsy shop where she sells a lot of Disney and Universal themed products that are super cute. She has a lot of cute stickers and things that she's made. And she's recently started a YouTube channel under the same name. She's currently doing 12 days of videos that are holiday themed. Nice. She's already done one on advent calendars, a hot cocoa bar, festive holiday nails, teacher gift ideas, all that stuff. Hot cocoa bar. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Might have to set one up for us. (laughs) Maybe. Just you and me. And on December 20th, she'll be releasing a video where she talks about her favorite things of 2020. And she informed me that our podcast is on the list. We made the list. We made the list. Wow. So in honor of that, we decided to take part in a giveaway that she's doing. I'll be posting the rules on our social media accounts, which you can find the links to in our show notes. Uh, She's got some great stuff up for grabs, so be sure to check that out and give her a follow as well. Yeah. And we did it. We only have one more Christmassy episode left on Wednesday, and then we're taking a bit of a break. Well, we get a break. That's sad, actually. I don't want to take a break. (laughs) We have to take a break. We have to. We have to give you a break from all this amazing, fun content. There's only so much you can take. It's true. But we'll be back with more nostalgic goodness after the new year. You can keep in touch with us on social media if you'd like. We'll still be posting there in the meantime. We're still hunting for our Maltese Falcon. (laughs) If you're our listener from Malta, (laughs) hit us up. Oh, now we've got somebody from Denmark. Oh, that's right. We just keep adding countries to our list. I can't really just call out the Maltese Falcon because... People are listening everywhere, and it's fun to see. It's exciting. I love it. So we wish you all such a wonderful, cozy, sweet, special Christmas, even though things are different this year for a lot of us. It's a unique Christmas this year. It is. It's one to remember. (laughs) One to look back on. One to look back on, yes. (laughs) And, of course, we wish you a very happy new year, and we're hopeful for a brighter 2021. Yes, let's go. Hopefully we'll soon get to make up for all the sacrifices we've made this year in order to stay safe. Yep. Have a blast. We miss you guys. We'll see you soon. See you soon.